Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets major shifts. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me. Currently, I'm covering a 38-part series entitled God, Me, and the Dissertation. My aim is to encourage people who are completing a major assignment to get through it. I'm providing some personal experiences, some stories, and most importantly, some revelation from God's word because he is the one who can guide us as we follow him in every goal we are trying to achieve. For those who haven't already, feel free to check out parts one through seven. And now I am addressing the motivational aim, major shifts. In part seven of this series, I reviewed the motivational aim, They Have Lives Too, and I guess this is a continuation of that. In that motivational aim, I touched on how a person can get caught up and they can get so focused on their goals that they don't even consider what people are going through who are the very ones assisting them in their purpose-filled path. Every student has a teacher. And the teacher, the professor, the facilitator could be going through all types of battles. The aim of the student is to recognize that people are going through things. Well, not even that. The aim of any individual is to understand that people go through stuff. Even pets are going through things. But I want to read Colossians, the fourth chapter in the sixth verse, and it states, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. I wanted to share this scripture again to review the importance of understanding that people have things going on, they do have lives. And when major shifts occur, we have to be ready. We have to be ready for our speech to be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that we know how to answer each person. That is key. And that is something that I, along with several other people, are still working on. They're still working towards still working towards implementing Colossians, the fourth chapter in the sixth verse in their day-to-day interactions and operations. So I have a story. As I was working on my dissertation, my dissertation chair, who was my professor in several other doctoral courses, he was going through a battle. And he had been going through this battle for a very long time. And then over time, that battle was evident to everyone's natural eye. So he was going through a storm. He knew he was going through a storm. We didn't know he was going through a storm. But over time, we got to see how this storm he was going through impacted his life. And it would impact ours. For those who've been listening to this series consistently, you heard me mention that my dissertation chair set up a cohort for all of the doctoral candidates he served as chair to work together. 
and to make the process a little easier for him. Everyone in this cohort would meet with him on a weekly basis or every two weeks to provide the progress of our dissertation. The dissertation chair, as I stated in some college success tips and in the beginning episodes of the series, he was a very thorough man, very thorough to the point. And he had no problem picking your paper apart. He gave you feedback. The feedback was very detailed. You could have turned a one-page assignment in, but he would give you corrections. And you turned in one page, but you're getting back ten pages. Trying to figure out, oh my goodness, what's going on? But he would be correcting the student, or in my case, he would correct me, make me think challenged me to approach the educational discipline in a different way and he not only did this while I was working on the dissertation but as I stated earlier he did this with all of his classes that was his style that's just what he did I took several classes from this man some students who were in the department I was in they would try to run from this man because they did have different teachers teaching the same course, people would go to a different professor. They didn't like how detailed he was. This dissertation chair slash professor, he knew his craft, and that's what I wanted to be around, somebody who knew what they were doing. Not saying that the other professors did not know, but I am a detailed person. I like things explained to me, Bit by bit, I want to understand how things work. And then I appreciated how he was committed to really helping students understand what was expected in the academic sector, professional sector, and the educational sector as a whole. The dissertation chair, his aim was for all of his students the ones who were persevering and serious about this title of becoming a doctor of education. He didn't want his students to just have the title. He wanted them to have the substance behind the title, the understanding behind the title, the purpose of the title, so we could execute that title and what we learned and what we acquired in the program take it into the workplace where it could serve as a blessing to countless people and we had the knowledge behind what we were doing. So I started the doctoral program in 2010. I graduated in 2014. From 2010 to 2013, I took classes from this professor. And he assisted me. As I'm going through my academic journey as a doctoral candidate, I started to hear rumors that my dissertation chair was going through a health battle. And it was in 2013. I think I heard it for the first time. Because in spring 2012, I was done with my coursework on my degree plan. I took the comprehensive exam, 
and I did not begin the dissertation phase until the spring of 2013. So it was around this time when everything was fresh. I already asked him to chair my dissertation. I already talked about that. We meet, the cohort is set up, and it was during the summer 2013 semester. A colleague told me, yeah, your dissertation chair, he's going through a health battle. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And they were saying, yeah, he's not doing well. We don't know what it is, but from what he shared, it's not looking good for him. Once again, on the outside, the dissertation chair looked fine. But life teaches us to not define things by what we see all of the time. The spring 2013 semester, you know, this dissertation chair, he was moving about. He looked healthy. But at the beginning of the first summer session of 2013, which was around June, the dissertation chair started losing a significant amount of weight. And then during the fall, this man was extremely skinny. He was walking around with an oxygen tank, but he was determined to walk and do things on his own. So something that would have taken two minutes to do, it would have taken him significantly longer because he was, like I said earlier, he was determined. He wanted to still do for himself, even though it was hard. He would make himself walk up the steps before he went on and started taking the elevator. He would walk down the hallway You know, he'd be out of breath. He just took a very long time because he was was not doing well. He was going through a health battle. And this was a challenge to even witness. And for those who have dealt with a loved one, a family member, or yourself, when you've gone or they've gone through a health battle, it's disheartening because it slows somebody down. And it impacts so many other people in so many ways. A new normal is happening right before your eyes. And adjustments must be made quickly. Quickly. But as time progressed, I found out that he had a type of cancer. There were times he couldn't meet. And that was understandable. That's when I started to understand, okay, people have lives. People have stuff going on, not just only with him, but with several other professors and people in my personal life. But back to my dissertation chair. He still provided his lengthy syllabus because he wanted us to stay focused on doing what we need to do, although he couldn't be there all of the time. And when we had face-to-face meetings with him as he was in that condition. The meetings were very intense. He still wanted to meet. He didn't want to just talk on the phone. He wanted to meet you in his office face-to-face. And of course, you know, you have students saying, no, 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 don't worry about it. I can, we can email. I mean, I can talk to your secretary. We can catch up later because you're looking at what they're going through. And you, of course, don't want to be a hindrance when they could have 
got some rest that day or went to an appointment. So you're just trying to step all the way back, although you're trying to pursue your goal and fulfill your vision. But you are exemplifying Colossians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. But as I said, he still wanted to meet. So those meetings were very unique, eye-opening, and it kind of made you feel bad that you were even talking to him about your stuff because you saw what he was going through. But he wanted to keep going, and he just wanted to keep going. And I could see why he wanted to keep going because that was his norm. That was his norm, and he didn't want to let that go. So the fall 2013 semester is over, and I remember it was Christmas break 2013. Found out that he was in the hospital, the dissertation chair. And then I want to say like some days or a week later, I get a call close to around 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. And I remember that because I was on my way somewhere, and I answered the phone, and it was his secretary. And the secretary told me, yeah, your dissertation chair, he passed away today. I was shocked. I was sad. I had a few questions I was asking her. And then she started telling me about the memorial service and where they were going to have it on campus for him. And she said all kinds of stuff. Then the secretary told me that she was sad and she was calling all the other students in the cohort and faculty and she just wanted to let me know. And when she received information on the memorial service, she would keep me updated. She told me it's going to be okay. And she was really sad too. I was shocked I was sad. But I remember she was talking to me and I just interrupted her. And I told her, yeah, um, what do I need to do? Because I'm trying to graduate. Like, I graduate in May 2014, so who do I need to talk to so I can graduate? You know, because graduation, yeah, graduation's coming up. And I'm not trying to start over, so who's the best contact? And I wasn't playing either. I mean, I, I understood what happened. It was sad. It was a major shift. But, um, yo, what, what's up? What do I need to do to graduate? Y'all already know it was quiet on that phone. That woman was quiet. I bet she was thinking, this old insensitive expletive. But then she answered, you know, after this long pause, well, you might have to talk to the dean. And I'm pretty sure they'll reach out to the students to let them know what the next steps are. So that's all I heard. Yes, I was sad. I was shocked. But I was trying to graduate. I understood it was a serious, sensitive matter. But it was a serious, sensitive matter to me, too because I was trying to graduate. Graduation was on my mind. It was that semester I was supposed to leave that institution and be done. So when the secretary let me know, 
Yeah, hopefully, I believe, you know, it should be where the dean is going to contact you to let students know what's about to take place. That's all I heard was dean, contact, next steps. That's all I heard. And I gave it 12 hours, just 12. And I hurry up and send an email to the dean. And the email went something like, hey, uh, hi, uh, my name is Kenitra Bryant. Found out my chair just died. What do I need to do about graduation? Uh, what are my next steps? What do I need to do to meet with you? Yeah, because I'm trying to graduate. I hope this does not interfere or delay with everything I've worked towards because I applied to graduation spring 2014. I already got the paperwork signed, so I'm looking forward to hearing from you because I'm trying to graduate. Sincerely, KB, it was a lot of major shifts taking place. I understood that people have lives too. But as you will discover throughout this series, I was trying to get out of there because there was a lot of unnecessary mess taking place, primarily with those in that cohort my dissertation chair organized. Well, there were a few causing trouble, but it backfired on them totally. But now, back to the secretary when she let me know my dissertation chair died. I was not being rude. It was not my aim to be rude. I just wanted to know what I need to do. It was a major shift taking place. The dean did let me know that she did understand. And she told me that my questions, my concerns, they were valid. And she let me know, you will not be delayed. She saw the progress that I was making. She was aware of my status and my standing. And she was a professor of mine also. Now, some people might think, ah, oh, that was wrong. Why would you ask about your vision? And why would you ask if your vision is going to be delayed? And why would you continue working towards your vision when this happened? Because I was trying to graduate. That's why. Goals still have to be reached. And it's sad to say, but nobody is waiting for me. Nobody's waiting for you either. When you go through your storms of life, you know what people are doing? Yeah, I still have things to do. Yeah, I understand they're going through a storm, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to progress for me and my family. Yeah, I, I, I'm still trying to get promoted. Oh, okay, yeah, they, they, oh, yeah, God bless you. Okay, what do I need to do? And some of you have seen people do this to you. And if you understand, you're like, oh, I'm not too mad about that. It becomes a problem when people are stepping on people's neck, doing people in. Nobody's waiting on anybody. People are still focused on graduating to the next phase in their life. Life is still going on. It's going on. Some people care, some people don't. But people still have things to do. People still have to complete what God gave them to do too. People really do impact other people. And the impact from my dissertation chair's death impacted me. 
It impacted my colleagues, my professors, the institution as a whole, the department, his family, his friends, and it caused a major shift in my research and my doctoral defense. His death shifted my entire committee. And I don't say that in a disrespectful manner, and I don't say it to be negative. I'm just letting you know. When things shift in your life, it shifts other things too. But how do we handle the major shifts that come up in our life? The task should not stop, even though a shift takes place. Will you continue aiming towards the target Or will you become stagnant in complaining of what used to be and how you wish things were the same while others are adapting to what's new and passing you up and passing you by? And looking at it from a biblical perspective, how many people were in a cohort when Jesus passed by in their city or town? These people in this cohort were all going through their personal battles trying to graduate towards better health, financial freedom, a healthier mind, better relationships, purpose, and wisdom. And they were all pressing into Jesus. And as people were pressing into Jesus, trying to make their way to Jesus, people were dying around them. People were going through all kinds of stuff. But the people who were pressing towards Jesus, trying to get to Jesus, trying to see Jesus, what did they do? They kept going. They kept going. They heard about it, but they had to keep going to fulfill the promise and purpose God placed on the inside of them. They had a mission, and God guided them through. God guided them. And these were people who had good intention, good motive, honoring God. It's no different today. There are a lot of things that will pass away when you're advancing towards your dreams and desires. It could be the passing away of toxic thoughts and behaviors, the passing away of people, who never supported you or became jealous because you were working towards something big, the passing away of mediocrity, the passing away of allowing people to just take your time, the passing away of allowing people to steamroll you, the passing away of giving dignity to people who don't know how to spell dignity and never heard of the word, The passing away of doing things the same way. When those things pass away, of course, you might want to memorialize some of those things, but will you stay in that place day in and day out and never initiate the importance of allowing God to guide you in the major shifts towards your intended target of graduation, no matter what your graduation looks like? Your graduation could be graduating to a better and healthier lifestyle, graduating to better, fulfilled, lifelong, purpose-filled relationships. Your graduation could be achieving those goals that you know about and what God knows about. Your graduation could be to 
spend more time with your family. Your graduation could be leaving certain substances alone, certain people alone, certain lifestyles alone, all types of stuff. Some of you have applied to graduation and you want to graduate. And you want to graduate so bad that you understand Colossians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse, but you also understand the importance of doing what God called and commanded you to do in a timely manner. Trust God to guide you and lead you in a straight path, even when you don't understand what's going on. Ponder on Proverbs, the third chapter in the fifth through the sixth verse that states, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You will go through major shifts while working on any goal, while working on your dissertation. But praise God that he controls every major shift you will ever go through. Romans the 8th chapter and the 28th verse is another promise we can ponder on. And that is, and we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That includes all major shifts. In all major shifts, God is working everything together for your good because you love him. He loves you and you have been called according to his purpose. So trust God and trust in his understanding and not your understanding to make your path straight. Okay, and those are the two scriptures that I want to leave you with. Romans the 8th chapter and the 28th verse and Proverbs the 3rd chapter in the 5th through the 6th verse. Remain encouraged as you endure and go through major shifts. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download God, Me, and the Dissertation, a 38-day devotional on the site. You can order inspirational apparel, and you have the option to connect with me on Instagram at aim towards the target and at college underscore success tips. I do have a few Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app that you can complete with friends, family, or do it by yourself. Enjoy the remainder of your day. Peace and God bless.